Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we're diving into Secure Access Service Edge, or SASE, which provides security capabilities like firewalling, web filtering, and more as a cloud-delivered service. We're sponsored today by Palo Alto Networks, and they're here to make the case that when it comes to SASE, how the service is architected matters. Our guest is Jason Georgie. He is field CTO for Prisma Access and SASE at Palo Alto. Jason, welcome to the show. So start us off, how does Palo Alto define SASE, and, and what services does it encompass? Yeah, Drew. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for having Palo Alto Networks uh, present our vision on, on SASE, if you will. So look, yeah, absolutely. What we're trying to do is, is make this as simple as possible, right? We're, we're trying to get the mindset around if you've got users, it doesn't matter where they happen to be, right? Working either at home, on the go, or in the branch, and they need to access their resources, doesn't matter where they happen to be either, data center, cloud, SaaS, web, where have you, that we can connect them up securely with a single platform-based approach. And we're, we're looking at this from a convergence type perspective, right? So it's combining cloud-delivered security capabilities and SD-WAN with the ability to tie that all together with full end-end visibility of the application delivery path using our autonomous digital experience management capability. Because let's face it, right? I mean, just because users are working from home or anywhere else, that doesn't lessen the importance of a good user experience. You know, it's more important now than ever. So when we talk about convergence, we just want to make sure we're doing convergence right and not making it, you know, kind of look like a Wisconsin duck, you know, Wisconsin Dells duck that <laughs> does the whole hybrid, you know, water and, and road situation. So it's doing it the right way. Okay. So there was a lot there. Let's try to unpack it a little bit. Um, sure. Talking about SASE, what, if I'm using the SASE solution from Palo Alto, what kind of services am I getting? I mentioned things like firewall, web filtering, what else is in there? Yeah, so we we look at this from the full suite, right? So when when we kind of went down this path before Gartner even coined the term in August of 2019, we were already doing things like firewalls as a service, zero trust network access, integrated CASB, cloud secure web cloud delivered secure web gateway, and SD WAN. Um, now, when we when we acquired CloudGenix as our you know next generation SD WAN platform, mm -hmm. it really rounded out the story. So we make sure that we're copying or covering these the entire set of core components plus as many of, of the recommended components as possible. So we're looking at this from a comprehensive perspective, making sure that if the customer really wants to go all in on the SASE capability, that they're covered with us. So how is SASE different from, you know, a typical VPN or branch deployment where I've already built out a bunch of security appliances, I'm running traffic through that, I'm confident that I'm getting the inspection that I need, why would I want to push all this into the cloud? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. It's something we've been working with customers on for a long time, which is really that more direct or efficient path between users and whatever they're accessing. You know, when we think about legacy topologies around VPN, you know, user VPN, all users connect into concentrators centralized in a, in a, a data center or two or three, you know, whatever they have geographically. Um, but that's that's a hairpin, you know, it's tr a trombone effect. Same with branches. When you, you think of the branch office, all connecting into WAN hubs in a few key areas and then out to cloud, SaaS, or web resources, you know, that whole hairpinning thing kills things like user experience and security winds up, you know, getting strained as well when it's all centralized in, in a couple of these locations. There's a lot that has to happen to apply efficient security controls. So we, we took the approach of like, look at this from a distribution perspective, you know, getting your head ends from a remote worker perspective pushed out to the cloud edge. 
making sure that branches can connect to that, that cloud edge as well, so that not only can they access still resources within the data center, but they have that more direct path to cloud and SaaS and web resources as well. So it's really being able to you know, kind of turn that, that legacy topology inside out and, and make it as direct and as efficient as possible. So how is Palo Alto making sure that I say as a remote worker here in my office am getting into cloud resources that are close to me as opposed to being backhauled to a central office or, you know, the, the corporate enterprise? Yeah, so, you know, it's really a matter of looking at this from, so we, we connect remote workers into our cloud by an IPsec tunnel. So we've got an endpoint agent that runs on the desktop mm -hmm. that allows them to connect to the cloud service itself, which is where security processing is happen happening. And then from there, uh, based on you know wherever that next hop or destination is, data center, cloud, SaaS, or web, now we're going to take that user over fiber transit between their ingress point and egress point to eliminate things like middle mile, vari middle mile variability, uh, best effort internet slowdowns, and things like that. So we're trying to ensure that you know user experience is, is there from end to end while you know, ensuring that we have hyperscale services doing the security processing, making sure that there's no compromise on the security posture. So that's ensuring we can do things like zero trust network access across any application type, not just you know, a few apps here and there, depending on the location. Okay, so you just mentioned zero trust network access. That's probably also on our listener's bingo card. Um, what, <laughs> what does that mean to Palo Alto? Because everyone's talking about zero trust and then depending on you know, who's trying to sell you what, it could mean different things. Yeah, you know, it does. It, it means a little bit something different to pretty much every customer I talk to. But at the end of the day, zero trust is really just no implicit access between a user, however you define that human thing application and a resource. And so, okay, great. Now, what are some of the differentiators and, and approaches to zero trust, specifically on the zero trust network access side? You know, th this is a strategy. You know, it, it's not a single product. Now, when it comes to ZTNA, specifically that SASE component, uh, we we can do a lot there to ensure or up-level a customer's ability to be successful with their overall zero-trust strategy. So we do that by taking you know, what is the standard approach, the, the known approach that, that's out there and addressed by you know, the, uh, the typical software-defined perimeter or zero-trust network access vendors, which is you identify a user, you apply context, get device information, uh, role, whatever, authentication status, location, time, all the variables you would want to know about a user and then ensure those are what you want them to be before even checking to see what they're trying to access and allowing that application access through. So you start with that user validation, context, and posture, and then what are they trying to access? If it's not allowed by policy, you know, forget it. You know, the show's over. If it's if it's allowed by policy, and okay, are all the requirements then met? Even in terms of you know, uh, you know, adaptive type access, which is uh, a company issued device, managed device versus a BYO device or a location, whatever that is. So ensuring ensuring that all those factors are correct, then then that that application access is granted. But what we do is take it one step further, and this is something unique to our approach, and it's based on our architecture. You know, this isn't a Palo versus vendor A or B thing. It's truly a difference in architecture, and that we can then apply full content inspection of this traffic. So we're doing full inline security inspection of all application traffic, whether it's private app access traffic to a data center or cloud VPC, to the SaaS, to the web, it doesn't matter. We're looking at that for data loss. We're looking at it for threats, including zero days. And then we're constantly monitoring that application 
access session for changes. Behavioral heuristics are part of what we do. And so we're making sure that if anything changes within that session, we can then take an action to you know, uh, either you know, force the user to re-authenticate or do something to quarantine them, whatever it might be. Because we, if, if something's awry with what that user is trying to access, we need to identify it quickly and ensure that no harm is done. Okay, so that's a significant difference from a typical VPN client where I authenticate once, I sort of land on the network as an endpoint, and then kind of go around and do whatever I want. You're saying session by session, you're doing these not only policy checks, but also monitoring the session as it's happening. Absolutely, absolutely. And and it starts with a default deny. You know, it, so if if we're trying to ensure that no matter what somebody needs to access, it's as granular as you can get, um, as, as granular as single user to single application. That's what we wanna be able to do without fear of transitivity. And so this makes our zero trust network access component you know, very uh, consumable for organizations that wanna use it for their third parties and contractors um, and other types of users that might not necessarily be uh, you know, part of their either employee stack or what even they would still consider today as quote unquote trusted. Because I, I think there's still a lot out there as far as employees being a little more trusted than, than a non-employee user. But the, the reality is if we're calling it zero trust, <laughs> that's really what we're trying to get to is there is no trust. There's no implicit or inherent trust there. Mm -hmm. So if we can break that down and, and ensure that organizations can treat everybody that's accessing a resource as quote unquote external, that's what we're gonna help them do. So this way too, if you if you're worried about that insider threat, which most organizations are, you know, and if you think about a typical policy-based access to something, you know, if Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning taught us anything, is that identity is just not quite enough. Um, it's the foundation. It's what helps us build these policies. But if you're not doing inline DLP or you're not doing inline threat prevention or inline zero-day checking for this application traffic, then you're in trouble. Because most of the organizations out there that that have a sassy badge on their on their webpage are doing that type of inspection only for the outbound internet security side, right? So they're they're Swig and they're Casby. But what about all the other apps that sit within the data center and cloud VPCs or or IaaS that's out there? You know, we have to make sure the same type of inspe security inspections going on there too to ensure that if you're not controlling an endpoint or a, a set of credentials get compromised, that we still have layers of defense preventing users from being able to do malicious activity with files, whether it's something they upload to a host or downloading for exfiltration purposes. So one of the things that we here at Packet Pushers, you know, concerns about uh, SASE is first performance. I'm doing a lot of potential inspection in a cloud service, including it sounds like decryption, inspection, re-encryption. Um, you know, I, I had a high-powered appliance with lots of ASICs on my premises to do this before. How am I assured that traffic is going to get to its endpoint in a timely manner, to its destination in a timely manner, if it's running through all these services in a cloud? Yeah, it, it, it's a great question, and I hear it all the time, right? Am I going to compromise on user experience now for the sake of security? And that might not be an option, right? And that's what we certainly saw at the onset of the pandemic was split tunnel VPN traffic, you know, to ensure good user experience to SaaS apps and, right. and critical things that are sitting out there while sending what they could through security inspection. 
from our perspective, this this can't be a choice anymore. It's it's not doing our customers a favor. It's not doing our listeners right now a favor when they're having to make these tough decisions. So we look at this two ways. One, the cloud architecture piece itself. And that's what I hit on earlier about making sure we can use the cloud's own fiber backbone for transit uh-huh. and, and, and leverage hyperscale services, right? This is giving us the ability to apply the industry's best SLA. And I understand that a lot of this audience, okay, SLAs, whatever, but but it's it's true that we're putting our money where our mouth is when it comes to this. We're, we've got the industry's fastest SLA with SSL decryption turned on because we're able to take advantage of hyperscale cloud services. But you know, even then, right here, you are trying to t- take our word for it. We tie this all together across SASE, so across Prisma SD-WAN and Prisma Access combined with our autonomous digital experience management capability. That is the fully SASE integrated into our SASE user experience management piece that's looking at the application delivery path end to end. Right. So you mentioned SD-WAN. I always thought of them as separate things. SD-WAN was about better connectivity for branches and SASE was about sort of... uh essentially endpoint end user security. How are you integrating the two? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like I said before, when we are talking about convergence and doing it right, it's making sure we have a better integrated approach. It's making sure that a customer is not sitting here straddled with an SD-WAN that's doing basic forwarding to a cloud security or cloud-delivered security provider with very basic application controls built in. Our approach was to ensure we have full layer seven capability around application traffic steering because three and four isn't enough, right? Layer three and four around packet loss and jitter, that's fine for a lot of legacy apps and things like that. But today's modern applications, you th- those aren't always a good measure for what that, that application's performance not only is or should be, um, but how it's going to operate under actual user context. So by doing something like API-based integration, you know, so true you know, application layer integration between Prisma SD-WAN and Prisma Access, we can get really granular as far as not only application steering to the right place, whether it's going direct to the cloud or, or data center or SaaS app, or even peeling some of that traffic off. When we look at applications, we are able to say what are the components of that application because parts of that application can behave differently and mm-hmm. use different protocols than the entire suite of them. So rather than just you know bucketizing them all into one one large group, which a customer can do, right? They can easily say, "Hey, all my." Microsoft Office 365 or M365 apps send through this virtual interface, off it goes. But if you want to get you know, really granular, you can look at the components of the application and say, this is what this is where this particular piece of this traffic should go. Now we're able to do that by through this app ID capability. And some of our existing customers will be familiar with that because we've had it around for a long time as part of our architecture. But app ID is going to be normalized and extended in a Prisma SD-WAN here imminently. So that, that level of granularity that we have from an application perspective will not only exist in the you know, firewalling capabilities that we have, whether that's Prisma access or our next-gen firewall capabilities, but also down to the SD-WAN branch. So one last point before we wrap, you also mentioned uh, digital experience management. That is also a big issue, particularly around remote or distributed work where you can't always guarantee that uh, the bandwidth an end user is coming in on is going to be great. So how are you incorporating that into SASE as well? Yeah, you know, and, and this is a very, it's a very, uh, good question to ask. It's something that our customers really need to look into when they are looking for UX management monitoring tools. 
because they're not all the same. And, and what you want is something that's going to give you context. Because a lot of tools out there get data, but they don't apply the proper context of what that actual or what your users are going to experience given what is in line between them and the destination. So with a fully integrated ADEM, not only are you able to see the application and, and performance of the application, but by being inside the set or riding alongside the session for each hop along the way, you're able to benchmark things like what, what is optimal user experience given, you know, uh, really no, no issues at all within an infrastructure between the user and the destination versus, you know, what is the real user traffic look like given everything, where they sit, how far they are from their broadband CEO, their ISP, they're using the Prisma Access Security Cloud itself, you know, things like that we can then combine those measures into what should be a baseline, right? So then now you can score your applications and say, this is what this actually looks like in my environment. So then when something does go wrong, anywhere in that path along the way, then you can quickly identify it, triage it, and, and start remediation activities. So it's really about making sure we have the same visibility and insights across the entire application delivery path. And this now applies to whether it's a remote worker that's, that's off net, or from the branch perspective, because ADEM is integrated into our Prisma SD-WAN solution as well. So segment by segment, fully integrated in a Prisma SASE, we get that end-to-end -end visibility, allowing our, our IT teams that are managing and monitoring this to make quick decisions and ensure there's little to no impact observed by the, by the end users themselves. So if I'm listening and I decide I wanna take this for a test drive, is there a way I can play with Palo Alto's SASE? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can we can direct our, our listeners to go to paloalto.networks.com slash sassy S-A-S-E, sign up to do a virtual test drive. You know, in and for those of you that that are already beyond that point or want to just really get into it, look, you determine what your need is, whether it's the hybrid worker, you know, somebody that's off net, um, that that you need to get, you know, secure access to resources and applications, or from a branch transformation perspective, wherever you need to start. It's modular enough to start there. But I think we've got a really good way for you to check it out you know, through that virtual test drive, um, sign yourself up, and there's a load of information out there that will you know, also allow you to build up your own knowledge base around what we're doing from the SASE perspective. All right, that's paloaltonetworks.com slash S-A-S-E or SASE. Well, thank you, Jason, for joining us. Uh, and thanks to Palo Alto for being a sponsor. We are out of time. Uh, but folks, if you like this podcast, you can find many more fine, free examples along with our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.